0: The road funding bill takes its first step. Thousands of people rally against Donald Trump and lawmakers get in hot water over their response. That plus a pay raise for state officials and more on Indiana Week in Review for the week ending January 27, 2017.
1: Ice Miller is proud to support Indiana Week in Review. Ice Miller, with a 100-year tradition of learning what is important to clients and strategizing with them toward a common goal. Today, Ice Miller continues its commitment to help clients build, grow, and protect their interests. More at icemiller.com.
0: This week, the House Republican road funding bill cleared its first legislative hurdle. Around four dozen people, most of whom represented various stakeholder organizations, testified for more than four hours on the legislation, and that bill, which includes fuel tax increases and new vehicle registration fees, makes for strange bedfellows. Opponents include House Democrats and the conservative religious organization American Family Association of Indiana. We're concerned about this tax increase because we believe Hoosier families are still hurting from the last year, eight years of this economy that's been quite stagnant. And backing House Republicans in their road funding plan are union organizations, including the laborers union.
2: With our 12,000 members, approximately 72% of our work in the last several years has been in the highway industry. This equates to about last year 9.5 million man hours, Um, so as you well know, this This House Bill 1002 is very important to us as an organization, um, and we support this bill um, so our members can go to work. The
0: House Roads Committee approved the measure
2: largely along
0: party lines. Should Republicans be worried that their typical base isn't backing them on the Roads Bill? It's the first question for our Indiana Week in Review panel. Democrat Ann Delaney. Republican Pete Seat. John Schwannis, the host of Indiana Lawmakers, and John Ketzenberger, president of the Indiana Fiscal Policy Institute. I'm Indiana Public Broadcasting State House reporter Brandon Smith. And Delaney, the road bill is the GOP's signature legislation this session. How concerned should they be that it's drawing the ire of their base?
3: Well, I think they should be concerned because it's going to draw the people's ire in addition, not just their base. I mean, it's one thing to have the tax increase on as they're doing on gasoline and the fees, but they're talking about putting tolls on existing roads, and they're doing this because they're short of money to do the infrastructure, and they're short of money because they're court- cutting the corporate income tax in half. They've repealed the inheritance tax. They've repealed the inventory tax. What they've done is shifted the tax burden from the people who can afford to pay it to the people who can least afford to pay it, both with the gasoline tax and Mitch Daniels' sales tax increase. And it's not surprising that you're going to get opposition from the Democrats on that score because the tax system has been increasingly unfair. You're getting opposition from their base, as it were, because they don't believe the government should spend money on anything. And they don't care what the condition of the roads is. But you're going to have to do something with the way the Republicans have have advantaged the well-to-do in our society before you tax the rank-and-file people in order to get any Democratic support on that. And I think that's going to be a problem for them.
4: Should Republicans be worried, Pete Seat? Well, I think a lot of education is going to have to happen on this issue. We don't know that user fees will ultimately be what they what they decide to do. The governor has said that ex- that existing roads won't be told. That's off the table as far as he's concerned. As is bonding, which will likely be the Democrats' plan. Now that they're going to wake up and put something on the table, evidently next we week. Nice the of time them to before. show up to work, but. Um, at the end of the day, you're going to have to have some education here. I think we can all agree that our infrastructure needs maintenance; it needs to be rebuilt in sure. some places, sure. so and we stop. have to find a responsible way to do it. And I appreciate all the talking points that well, you logged out, talk- Ann. Corporate tax but cuts. it doesn't—it doesn't close the gap. You're looking at a billion dollars a year. A corporate... The revenue does not add up, and we've right. got to find some way to do this, and that's add what add they're trying to do. Doesn't add up tolls
3: either, Pete. And on top of that, you are cutting the corporate income tax in half in half. That adds up. okay? And so does the inheritance tax and so does the inventory tax. You've chosen which way you want to go. You want to make Joe working class person pay more and the rich people pay less. That's your choice.
4: And these talking points have done you so well in the last few elections. It Um, happens
3: to be the truth. It's not an alternative (laughs) fact like you guys come up with all the time.
0: John Schwannis, groups like American Prosperity have promised to fight this thing with everything they've got. They just ran a a pretty successful campaign against Evan Bayh in this last election. Should Brian Bosman and other Republicans be concerned?
1: You have to be concerned, because every time you dismiss groups that say uh, you you think don't have the ability to affect uh, voter uh, choices at the ballot box, we've seen time and time again you do so at your own peril. So... You can't dismiss it, uh, and I think that's why Brian Bosma has said on several occasions that one goal he has here is not just to pass this, because as we've said before with the supermajorities, really, it could be done. I mean, the, the Democratic caucuses in the House and Senate can take the rest of the year off, and it really is immaterial in terms of the actual mechanics. But he wants he wants Democratic support for this. And and where, this is one of those things where, I mean, I... Don't be shocked when I say there's some politics <laughs> in, in, in here because, you know, remember when we had the problems with I-65 and the, uh, the, the bridge issues? Right, which is bridges. what really kicked off and the road. funding when, discussion. And the Pence administration had already looked at, thought, said, we're not going to deal with it right away. We're, our funding is going to kick in a year. And it was under this incredible pressure from Democrats, you know, every day. Unsafe roads, unsafe roads. We've got to right. do something. that's true. That's why there was. There was a response. But again... I think Hoosiers need to understand this is not about do we need to fix the roads because I think Scott Pilath and Tim Lannon in the Senate right. are. As who Adam, pays it for is it. just about the, who, who pays, pays for it. it. The last thing I'll say is one. The idea here is to let the motoring public understand where their tax dollars are going. And if you buy, pay tax on fuel, or you pay a fee for whether you have a regular, a, a traditional car or electric, you know where it's going. It's going to dedicated purposes. If it's if it's general fund money, the the thinking is. You know, you don't know where it's going. You don't have a sense of that your money is going to the purpose John
0: Ketzenberger, um, the House Republicans, it's been pointed out, including by Brian Bosman, passed a gas tax increase last year. The Senate didn't go for it, and so ultimately it didn't pass uh, the whole Assembly. But given that it clearly didn't affect House Republicans at the ballot box in November, is there any reason then for them to be worried in the next November?
2: Well, I think there is. Um, But I, I also think that it's true that the structure... Uh, Matters, And, you know, I think Ann raises some good points. The state has left a lot of revenue on the table because it has decided to reduce taxes in other areas. So it's a legitimate point to raise. But I think it's also a legitimate point by the Republicans who all along have said, look, you use the roads, you should pay for the roads, and that's not a bad option. Um, I think that the problem for them is you know, bringing that to, to bear and to, as John said, educate the public so that they understand that that pay-to-use <clears throat> pay philosophy. Tolling is really going to be a non-starter at least in terms of the near term with this plan because it'll take a long time even if they get permission to do tolling. So I think it's interesting that bonding has become such a terrible thing. Um, I think when you look at it from a global perspective and how you're going to pay for it and how you're going to fill that gap. The state with a AAA bond rating with capacity and the ability to do this could raise that money in a relatively inexpensive way if they make it part of the package. Um, so I think in the end you'll see some movement toward that. But right now it's pure politics, and unfortunately that's what uh, we're going to focus on for the next several months. I do think they'll get the package passed.
0: Thousands gathered outside the state house this week to protest Donald Trump and Mike Pence's election. The ralliers ranged from young children to senior citizens, all promoting messages of equality on a variety of topics, including reproductive health care, women's rights, LGBTQ rights, and those of people of color. Some of the signs were aimed at President Trump and Vice President Pence. Among them were panels reading Love, Trump's Hate, and Fire, Mike Pence, an old favorite in some parts of Indiana. The event was organized as a sister rally to the Women's March on Washington and was one of hundreds of similar gatherings which drew millions of people across the country and the world. Pete Seat, in the wake of modest attendance at the inauguration, could these rallies have an impact on the political
4: landscape? Well, as someone who was at the inauguration and found himself trapped in the protest in D.C., just trying to get a bite to eat, um, I'll, I'll say first, it doesn't matter if there were five people there or five million, Donald Trump is still president of the United States. So that's irrelevant. Um, what is relevant, I think, is that Democrats, and in fairness, it wasn't just Democrats at these protest rallies, whatever you want to call them. There were some Republicans there, too. Um, but I think the Democrats are trying to replicate that magic that the Tea Party had after Barack Obama was elected you know, in 2008, or 2009, 2010. And they're trying to find their version of that to push back against Donald Trump. Uh, whether they're going to succeed is, is to be seen. Um, but, you know, this, this argument about a crowd sizes is completely irrelevant.
3: So then why did Trump raise it? <laughs> why did he send his press secretary out there to lie about the numbers? It's because his ego is just out of control. Or he likes that to get the aside, of the media. That issue is, well, the, media is the creature that made him. The, 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 that issue aside, I do think there's a burgeoning uh, response to the Tea Party on, um, on a more left tilt here. And I'm hearing from people who have not been involved in politics at all, who want to get involved, who are outraged about the fact that we have that... that buffoon as president of the United States, and they are they are really concerned about the future of the country. So I think the potential is there. Now, the Democrats have to cut, put forth a program that starts with economics and then goes into a lot of these other issues in counter to him, and I think they can do that. And when they do that, and you look at the juxtaposition of the two positions, I mean, tweeting it out in the middle of the night for policy after he watches some late-night show and gets outraged about something, it's it's it's. Absolutely absurd that that is the leader. That person is the leader of the free world, and I think there's enough outrage out there that it will make the Tea Party response to a black president look like chicken feed.
0: It's certainly the beginnings of something. Perhaps, how do you make it sustainable?
2: Pragmatism. I think the the country is ready and waiting for a pragmatic approach to governance. Uh, I think we're tired of the ideology. We're tired of the you know pure polit- pol- political plays. Um, and I think that uh, the group, whatever it is, uh, but if the Democrats want to sustain the movement, if um, the people involved in those marches want to sustain the movement they 'll go for pragmatism over politics, and I think that can win the day. Can pragmatism over
0: politics
1: excite people that 's the that 's the question because it 's great to get the headlines and be self-congratulatory if you're a protester and say, "We look, his crowd, our crowd, we're, we're good. But if it isn't sustainable, then it, it's all for naught, really. And that's uh, it, one thing that uh, you saw at the rally in Washington and some of the other ones around the country were organizers out with notebooks and, and devices saying, "Okay, can we get your name? Can we get your address? Can we get your phone number because right. we don 't want this to be the proverbial right. flash in the pan, and so they 're talking about doing the so called and again, this is a model the tea party, I guess if, if imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, flattery, the tea party should feel pretty good because they want to start having the living room parties where people in the neighborhood say oh i didn 't know Joe, two streets over thinks the way I do, and pretty soon." you do have a potent force politically, and they also want a, a lot of these people, women and others, to start running for office at right. lowest level. Right. So the answer to the question is, does it excite people? I don't know if it's sustainable. It, that, that's the question. Are we... Is our society such now that it's you know, anger today onto another topic tomorrow, in which case it means nothing? Or if this is actually sustainable, then it, and that's
2: that's why the mechanism is sustainable. I think, sustainable. Yeah, I think Indeed, by really definition think. it's sustainable, and I think the outrage that flashes so easily and quickly because of the way it's delivered um, does wear out people. And I
1: think oh, and that's what'll keep
2: it. That's that might do a fair amount
1: to keep this on the front burner it, with people well, taking offense you, at some of the comments. If you and start
3: talking about starting out with election reform. I mean, the districts that have been drawn are ridiculous. If you start out with things like that, but the that problem, get people but, involved. But, but
0: again, the problem is, that's an ex- that's, election reform is not one that grabs a lot of eyeballs.
3: That's right. But on the other hand, you're coming up on an election here in 2018. Now, I know the Democrats have more to lose on that, but the Republicans that are linked with Trump at that particular point, and believe me, they will all be linked with Trump, are going to have a problem. And when they have a problem there, one of the, one of the issues... Democrats can raise on that is the reason that you're feeling impotent is because the system is rigged against you. And Republicans have done that deliberately.
2: You know, and that's the point that has to be driven home and made, is that this is not something that occurred in the last two election cycles. No. The, the things that have led to the, to the ascendance of the Republican Party and to the election of, of Donald Trump were set in motion right. 30, 40 years ago and have been sustained efforts that you never hear about. Right. That's right. Time now for viewer
0: feedback. Each week we pose an unscientific online poll question in conjunction with our Ice Miller email and text alerts. This week's question Will the Women's March rallies across the country and the world have a significant impact on this nation's political future? A. Yes. B. No. Or C. It's too early to tell. Last week's question Given all the controversy surrounding Donald Trump, will Mike Pence become president before the end of 2017? 34% say yes, 66% say no. If you would like to take part in the poll, go to WFYI.org slash IWIR and look for the poll. A pair of Hoosier lawmakers' response to the women's march prompted outrage this week. New state senator Republican Jack Sandlin shared a post about the rallies on his Facebook page that read, quote, in one day, Trump got more fat women out walking than Michelle Obama did in eight years. Sandlin said the post does not represent his views toward women and that it is, quote, unclear how it appeared on his page. In the House, Republican Jim Lucas shared a post showing a police officer pepper spraying a young woman in the face with the caption participation trophies now in liquid form. And he had a series of past posts that drew outrage as well, including one that showed a photo of a woman in a car trunk with the words, want to know who loves you more, your wife or your dog? Lock them both in your trunk and see who's happy to see you when you let them out. The Indiana Coalition Against Domestic Violence called for Lucas to lose his leadership post. Instead, Speaker Brian Bosma brought Lucas in for a kumbaya session with the coalition. John Katzenberger, did this deserve more than a talking to behind closed doors, particularly for Jim Lucas?
2: I'm thinking that they wanted to take him out to the woodshed and and beat him up pretty good because uh, what they did was not very smart, and it does reflect poorly on the caucuses. Uh, And I think that the leadership understands that. Uh, You know, I think in in the case of leadership with with Representative Lucas, um, I imagine they at least threatened his position in the the caucus and and if they had taken it away, I don't think that would have been too extreme. Look, I think that um, these things were were not very smart. Um, They should be uh, more savvy and smart than that. Um, Certainly, I would hate that they'd hold those views, but to broadcast them on public social media is not very smart. Uh, And I think that the response to that um, should be as forceful as possible because it was poor judgment. John,
0: a a a Nebraska lawmaker actually stepped down over one of his social media posts in, in response to the Women's March, though his was perhaps a little more extreme than anything we saw from Lucas or Sandlin. But are you surprised at the relatively mild response that this one got,
1: at least from the leadership? Um, I think leadership might quibble with the notion that it was um, a mild reaction. There was the trip to the woodshed, and there was the I don't know if it'll be a regular thing now at the start of a session, but the, the just social media as, just as yeah. they do the ethics, I think Brian Bosman doesn't he still do at this first day or on organization day. He does the ethics. Bring everybody thing. and yeah. do so this probably is is a reminder. And it's the same thing we tell I tell my teenagers that uh you know Believe it or not, a future employer may actually see all this stuff that's on the World Wide Web. They call it the World Wide Web for a reason. And and the same thing, apparently, that teenagers have grasping all over the country sometimes creeps into uh, General Assemblies as well.
3: But teenagers are young, and they don't have the judgment. These are elected officials. And the thing that's worse about the fact, it it seems to me it's worse that they think this. And they Mm -hmm. do think this. Mm -hmm. There are obviously two very insecure men who think that the role of a woman should be in the home, keeping her mouth shut, taking care of her hubby and having babies and anything else is threatening. And that is a window to their soul. And the fact that they weren't disciplined more severely, it seems to me, is a window to the caucus soul. And that is a very, very destructive... Any women who vote for either of these two misogynists ought to have their heads examined.
0: Brian Bosman said that uh, when he did that social media training with his caucus in the wake of this, that he said, rule number one, you are not Donald Trump. But given the success of Donald Trump, is that necessary? Like, if you were a lawmaker and looked at what Donald Trump says and does, why would that be a disincentive for you?
4: Well, uh, Anne's uh, tirade of name calling there uh, aside, I would say that tirade people. Tirade of name calling. Yeah, They're well, you, 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 just called, you, you just they called you just called them everything under the sun. No, I called them the, the misogynists, line is-
3: which is what they are.
4: Give me a second. The mm-hmm. bottom line, Anne, is that people are allowed to make mistakes. Okay. And I don't a know, mistake. you know, look, it's a mistake. It was a it mistake may, to post it. They believe we immediately it. when someone when someone in elected position, and I understand there's accountability. There should be. But when someone that's in elected office makes a mistake, we immediately go to the the worst possible outcome for what it could be and what their motives were. Jack could have simply misshared something. I've done it. I've accidentally clicked the shared button, okay. realized it and gone and deleted it. Okay. It happens to people. I don't know how often you mistake, use Facebook, but it happens. The mistake is not
3: the posting. The mistake is believing. That's the mistake, and that's not forgivable. That's not something where you just hit the wrong button. And the you stuff don't know that he Jim Lucas that because said of
4: a mistaken post.
3: You, you, are assuming that. Well, he put it out there. Whether he put it out there to his best friend or the world is not relevant. That is what he believes, and that's what's not. It just shows
1: how social media. Look at the fake news and all of everybody uh, um, was so quick in the election to put on pass along. Look what I just saw reported about whether it's from Macedonia or Pluto or Mars, and but it shows that it can bite you. You know, it it, there's what may you may get a laugh out of and you may see as politically advantageous to, to spread to your friends in the one setting may well come back.
0: All right, Democratic U.S. Senator Joe Donnelly this week announced he'll vote against Donald Trump's nominee for Education Secretary. Commitment to public education. In a video, Donnelly says Betsy DeVos lacks a commitment to, to public education.
2: I'm concerned she will not prioritize efforts that are important to Hoosier families, such as expanding access to early childhood education, improving our public schools, and empowering student borrowers and reducing federal student loan debt. DeVos
0: is a prominent Michigan Republican who has garnered wide support from Republicans in Congress, including Indiana's Luke Messer and Todd Rakita. She's promoted the expansion of private school vouchers and charter schools through foundations she's led. She's overseen grants and political donations in Indiana and other states. John Schwannis, in a state that so embraces school choice, is Donnelly's vote a risky one politically?
1: No, I don't think this is... There are certain issues that are the the third rail. Um, Some of the gun issues, some of the reproductive rights issues. Some of the those issues that deal with uh, spirituality and religion and its intersection with public uh, policy. This ain't one of them. I don't think this is anything people. Even if opponents bring it up, I mean, this is people were laughing and chuckling during our hearing when she, they were asking about guns yeah. within uh, the, the, the school, and she said, the "Well, there are grizzly bears out there," so I don't know unless. This no, is going I, I to be an increasing
0: be theme with Joe Donnelly, who's up for re-election in 2018. How will he handle
2: having to be a lot more forceful in opposition to the president? Is he doing okay so far? I think so far he has. He's staked out strong positions in his first term. Um, he's, you know, the veterans issue in particular, he's worked that very well. Uh, I think he does have to pay attention because he has to balance his, you know, his role in the loyal opposition with the fact that he is in a very red state. Uh, but so far, so good for Joe Donnelly, I think.
3: Yeah, I think he deserves a lot of credit for this and his earlier positions as well. Uh, And I think you're going to see more of that because Joe's a very thoughtful person. He's interested in what's best for Indiana. He's not interested in the political rhetoric that comes from these people. She's a billionaire, so therefore she must know how to run education policy. She doesn't know anything. She didn't even know there were special education courses out there. I mean, how do you put somebody that ill-qualified... Well, I take that back. We have a president like that, don't we? Well, how do you appoint somebody as ill-qualified for the position as she is? I think Joe is exactly right, and I think it's going to redound to his credit.
0: A lot of Republicans will try to throw a lot at Joe Donnelly in the next couple of years. Do you think this will be one that sticks?
4: Possibly. I think it's a misguided vote, just like his vote for Obamacare and a whole litany of other votes that he's taken over the years. But this is Betsy DeVos is someone who has fought for school choice, fought for low income children around this country to have the education that they deserve. And she's going to be a great secretary of education. Yeah,
3: we don't have any right. accountability on any of those initiatives. Moving
4: on, a Senate lawmaker this week proposed significant pay raises for
0: statewide elected officials. GOP Senator Randy client. Head's legislation, heard in committee this week, would raise the governor's salary up to $141,000 a year, a 16% increase. Other statewide officials, including attorney general and auditor, would make about $120,000, increases of anywhere between 26 to 52 percent. At the committee hearing, Head said he worries the current salaries will drive away talent from public office. But the bill has drawn scorn and even outrage, particularly as the legislature debates tax increases to pay for roads. Head says he'll change the bill to a study committee on the topic. He says he needs a, quote, better factual foundation to advance the pay raises. And Delaney, are our state officials
3: underpaid? Our state employees are underpaid. I can't tell you the number of people I see in bankruptcy who are full-time employed by the state of Indiana making $20,000, $25,000 a year. Our state employees are underpaid. Are our state elected officials underpaid? Yeah, they are. But I would be a lot more sympathetic to this if they also included the people at the bottom of the scale who are under, not only underpaid, they qualify for welfare.
4: Pete, is this, the, uh, is this one of those good idea, bad year kind of uh, bills? I think Speaker Bosma or someone actually essentially said that that this isn't the time for this, but it is a topic worthy of discussion. I remember in college in Tucson, Arizona, they wanted to raise the salary of the mayor from thirty-six thousand to forty-eight thousand dollars a year, and it got shot down twice. And you wonder why it's lawyers and retired people who run for office because they're the only ones they're who get four. They're not lawyers it. running
3: for office. There are only four in the General Assembly. Remember when lawmakers were making eleven
1: thousand dollars a year, and people tried to raise it to fourteen? And people, you were thought the sky was falling. I'm sure, they need more money. I mean, that's an honorable profession and we should treat it like an honorable profession.
0: Finally, Planned Parenthood of Indiana and Kentucky CEO Betty Cochran announced this week that she will step down this summer after leading that organization for 15 years. What would be an appropriate farewell gift to Betty Cochran from Indiana,
4: Pete Seat? Uh, Maybe a framed photo of Mike Pence taking the uh, vice presidential oath of office. But in, in all sincerity, I wish her the best. Andalyn.
3: I, I think the, the Stop the War on Planned Parenthood has made a huge difference, not only for, for uh, uh, poorer women in terms of, edu- uh, of health care, but also in, in the uh, narcotics epidemic we've had in rural Indiana. They've been so instrumental in that. It's a very tough job. She deserves an awful lot of credit for the amount of good that she's done over those years. And- a lot of personal sacrifice on her part. John Katzenberger.
2: I think to that point, I think she'll take a little quiet in her neighborhood from the people who've been protesting for so long, right. um, so that would be a, a nice gift for it, her.
3: It's interesting though, now that we have Trump, the first thing he did was take away contraceptives for third world countries, so we'll have more abortions there, thanks to the right John, to life. John has, she
2: has
1: witnessed uh, a bit of a sea change in that the courts have actually sort of shifted the momentum back the other direction, which That's, we have not seen for a while. Heaven.
0: That's Indiana Week in Review for this week. Our panel is Democrat and Delaney, Republican Pete Seat, John Schwannis of Indiana Lawmakers, and John Ketzenberger of the Indiana Fiscal Policy Institute. If you'd like a podcast of this program, you can find it at WFYI.org IWIR, or starting Monday, you can stream it or get it on demand from Xfinity. I'm Brandon Smith of Indiana Public Broadcasting. Join us next time, because a lot can happen in an Indiana Week.
1: Ice Miller is proud to support Indiana Week in Review. Ice Miller, with a 100-year tradition of learning what is important to clients and strategizing with them toward a common goal. Today, Ice Miller continues its commitment to help clients build, grow, and protect their interests. More at icemiller.com.